Hello and welcome to Finch Shots Daily. In today's episode, we discuss the economics of protecting endangered animals. Before we start today's episode, we have a quick announcement. Did you know that nearly two-thirds of Indian millennials don't have term life insurance? A term plan offers your loved ones financial security in your absence. If you are young, you can get crores worth of cover at a very nominal premium. And if you need help selecting a plan, you can talk to our insurance advisory team at Ditto for free. Ditto offers personalized insurance advice and a spam-free guarantee. If you're interested, please click the link in the description below. Now, on to today's episode. Last year, India embarked on a massive wildlife project. We reintroduced cheetahs. These big cats were officially declared extinct in the country in 1952. But we wanted them to roam our forests again, so we decided to relocate a few cheetahs. Now, we couldn't do this with the Asiatic cheetahs of Iran since they numbered just a handful. Instead, we chose the African species from Namibia. And we spent nearly 100 crore rupees in the initial relocation efforts. At the time, officials noted that this was an attempt to save our grasslands. Cheetahs can hunt down herbivores, and since herbivores in the region have been overgrazing rather routinely, this sounded like a good plan. The grasslands could flourish, birds and other fauna could return, and the ecosystem could thrive. But not everyone was happy about this, especially after news of multiple cheetah deaths began to emerge. Their big question was, is this conservation attempt worth it? How do we know if the benefits outweigh the costs? Maybe we should be saving our vultures instead. Anyway, conservation efforts are tricky because it's not really easy to quantify the pros versus the cons. There are too many variables in the mix. But economists Andrew Metric and Martin Weitzman have tried to find a solution. And they use the Noah's Ark problem to explain it. For the uninitiated, Noah is considered a biblical hero who saved the world. The story goes that God decided to destroy mankind and he gave Noah a chance to save his family and the animal world. He would build a boat or an ark and get on board a male and female specimen of the world's animal species. They would then replenish the new earth. But here's the thing. You can't possibly have space on a boat for all animal species, right? Noah would have to choose. There could be only limited pairs. And that's the crux of the problem today. Which species do you save given limited budgets and resources? So the solution begins with the expected utility of each species. And this utility shows up in the form of what they call ecosystem services. Just look at Indian vultures for instance. During the early 80s, we had 40 million vultures in the country. But by 2007, this number crashed by a whopping 99%. The sudden disappearance was shocking. For a long time, people scratched their heads wondering what on earth was going on. But then in 2004, the answer became clear. Vultures were being poisoned. Not intentionally, mind you, but accidentally. You see, farmers had resorted to using a common painkiller called diclofenac on injured cattle. The price of the drug had fallen sharply and it became easily accessible. And when cattle died and were disposed of, vultures fed on this. The diclofenac lace carcasses were extremely toxic to the vultures. It caused kidney failures and they began to drop dead. Now, vultures make great scavengers. That's the service they provide to the ecosystem. They can reduce a carcass to its bones and devour the carrion of an entire cow in 40 minutes. Most other scavenger animals can't do it as efficiently. So as the vultures disappeared, rats and feral dogs took over the job and the leftover carcasses were simply being dumped into nearby water bodies. 
No one thought twice about any of this. But then researchers found that there was an uptick in deaths in these areas by over 4%. Why did that happen, you ask? It was attributed to the diseases that the newly scavenging feral dogs and rats passed on. And not to forget the waterborne diseases that came from dumped carcasses too. Researchers even calculated the economic costs associated with this. They took into account something called the value of statistical life for all these annual debts and came up with a whopping 5.7 lakh crore rupees per year. Insane, isn't it? And that brings us to the other half of the metric and Weizmann theory, the cost-benefit analysis. Or do the gains from ecosystem services actually outweigh the cost of protecting the species? For instance, just look at one of the biggest and most successful rewilding efforts in the world, the reintroduction of wolves to Yellowstone National Park in the US. While the efforts cost about $30 million, people flock to see the wolves. And this tourism alone brings in $35 million annually that helps the nearby communities. Not to forget how it basically rejuvenated the flora and fauna in the park too. So can cheetahs do what wolves at Yellowstone did? Well, the case against cheetahs is that translocating a foreign species into India may not be successful. They're not native to the land after all. And they don't have a lot of space to spread out and move around. So some people argue that we're throwing money away and that we might be better off putting the money into protecting species like vultures. They're native to the land and the economic benefits are clear. But here's where such assumptions can get tricky. Just look at Africa. 20 years ago, the vultures had disappeared from the Lewande National Park in Malawi. But after cheetahs were introduced, or rather reintroduced to the park in 2017, the vultures came soaring back. Apparently, they came back to feast on the carcasses left behind after the big cats killed and ate their prey. Would experts have predicted that would happen? We don't know. So maybe if India's cheetah program does turn out to be successful, it could help protect the domestic vulture population too. That would help the ecosystem as well, wouldn't it? So yes, while economists and researchers have found ways to put numbers and economic utility to conservation efforts, it may not always be black and white. And that means sometimes we might still have to irrationally allocate resources to protect endangered species. Thank you for listening to today's episode. FinShots Daily is available on a bunch of streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time.